The Dallas Stars were in action on Saturday against the Vancouver Canucks, but they fell short. And now the race for the Western Conference second wildcard spot grows even tighter. We'll talk about Saturday's game as well as the Western Conference playoff race on today's episode of Locked on Stars. Your Locked on Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, credentialed member of the Dallas Stars media, coming to you on this Monday, March 28th. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. Well, whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for stopping by today's episode of Locked on Stars and for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available no matter where you listen or how you listen, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you are watching on YouTube, getting very close to 200 subs, which is super cool. Thank you guys for the continued support and thank you for your patience as it did take us a while to get friday's episode up on youtube technology uh got the best of me that round and so thank you guys for the patience there i hope you were able to check out the episode on saturday before puck drop uh with the game against the canucks which we're here to talk about on today's show and this is uh it's a frustrating one it's a weird game to talk about and dissect this is a game that really i think the stars were controlling uh in the early stages i mean the first period ended at zero zero but i feel like dallas was you know responding well from how uh thursday's game went against carolina we all know how chaotic of a game that was but the stars seemed to kind of be controlling the pace getting a healthy amount of shots on goal getting some good looks at the net but i mean uh, we knew going into this game that thatcher dimco is a pretty good goalie compared to you know the entire spectrum of the league and you know there's some good defenders on this vancouver team this canucks team been playing very well ever since the coaching change with Bruce Boudreau taking the reins of the organization from a coaching standpoint. And so we knew that this wasn't going to be a gimme kind of game, but as things just really started falling apart for the Dallas Stars around the middle of the second period when Yanni Hockenpah got called for a holding penalty against Connor Garland against the boards kind of behind uh, the, the Stars net where Jake Ottinger was defending. Uh, he lost his stick and it led to a speedy power play goal from Elias Pettersson for the Canucks and Pedersen had one heck of a game, uh, got a power play goal and a traditional five on five goal uh, on a pretty weird kind of not really broken play, but Joe Pavelski kind of defending him on a breakaway and Pedersen using that to his advantage as a goalie screen and sniping one past Jake Ottinger. Going back to that hawk and pop play, um, just to put it blunt, it was very stupid uh, and it was very avoidable. And I feel like Yanni hawk should know better. Uh, I know he's still a young guy in this league, not a rookie, um, he had some time with the Canes organization playing at the NHL level, but he's been playing at the NHL level for the Stars all season long, and, and it's just inexcusable. Um, it's very dumb. I mean, yeah, you lose your stick, but it, it, you can't make the argument that you were trying to get by Connor Garland to go get your stick. I mean, he very clearly was holding him on the boards. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the Canucks score, but I think the, that the Stars defense could have held firm for two seconds for you to go grab your stick 
Uh, your man would have gotten loose, but I mean, it's like defending uh, the penalty kill. And I, I think the defense was qualified enough in that moment uh, to hold firm and, and not allow a goal. But then, uh, you know, like I said, that results in literally like 15 seconds later into the, the power play for the Canucks. Pedersen gets a shot past Jake Ottinger. So a very frustrating play, especially from a D-man. And we've been talking so much about how the defense needs to step up, especially the actual defensemen themselves in the absence of Miro Haskinen. So just a very frustrating and dumb play. I feel like Yanni Hockenpah, he gets called for penalties every now and then. Uh, actually, now and then, I think he's actually one of the leaders on the team in penalty minutes. But that was just a really dumb one. And I, I hope uh, that that's something that we won't see again from him or anyone else on this team. I hope uh, that that was addressed in kind of like a, hey, you know, penalties happen sometimes. It's just a game, but don't do something so blatant and stupid. Uh, that's just the best word I can I can think of to describe it. That uh, is not a curse word and won't get me in trouble. Uh, that's just how I feel about it. But and you know, and it also just boils down to the Stars PK, which you know we've talked about really ever since the All Star break uh, has been better. But you know, as of late, and I think part of it is because Miro's gone. Uh, it's giving up at least one power play goal a game, which you know, is seeming to be the difference. And I think that the power play goal that the Canucks scored uh, via Pedersen was kind of the turning point in the game. And, uh, you know, they've, they've just committed a number of, you know, power play goals against them in the past several games, including against Vancouver, who just seems to have Dallas's number overall this season, but especially on the man advantage. They have four power play goals against Dallas in both their matchups this season and still one more later on this season, I believe back in Vancouver, um, and so that's going to be, I'm sure, a very important matchup given how the Western Conference standings are right now. I, I'm sure not a whole lot will change uh, outside of how tight the race is, maybe people in different positions. But that's certainly going to be one to keep an eye out. And then it's weird because Vancouver isn't really known as a you know elite power play team this season. They're 14th in the NHL, middle of the pack. Uh, I guess a little bit above average if you want to get real technical with it, but I mean, not really anything to write home about overall. And this was the case even back when they played in November. I think they were even lower, uh, like mid to you know high 20s, uh, just not really an electric power play unit. But against the Stars, they they look like the cream of the crop. And, uh, you know, if you showed someone who had never watched hockey before, you know, those two games, you would think that the Vancouver Canucks are just an elite team on the man advantage for some reason against the stars and you know I, I said i think a big part of it is the absence of miro haskinen and uh, you know i think still we've seen moments where the defensemen can come together and they show that they can you know do enough to get by and really help this team win without him but then they also have moments like yanni hockenpah's laps and judgment and just some other really small things as well on the defensive side not the cleanest defended game from the stars and of course the score is a little bit misleading four to one makes it seem like a lot worse than it is it really, really boils down to maybe a 2-1-3-1 game after those empty netters from Bo, Bo Horvat and JT Miller. Uh, makes the game seem a lot more lopsided than it really was. It was really neck and neck up until that Horvat empty netter. And then, uh, of course, the Stars pull Ottinger again in hopes that they can rally some sort of comeback. But JT Miller buries a shot of his own. And so just, uh, just a tough game to swallow, especially given the state of things in the Western Conference. Uh, things getting very, very close, tight, hot, heavy, very quick. Uh, which, of course, we will talk about later in the show. And we will continue to talk about this Stars-Canucks game, uh, talk a little bit about the offense, the bad, and also some of the good things because there was some good in this game to talk about, especially from some relatively young players on the roster. But, of course, that coming up after a quick break and a word from some of our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. 
low calorie with high protein. Replace your candy bars with Built Bars. They are better for you. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and a new flavor for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and the new flavors are coming out all the time. Because at Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, and then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. Well, let's get back into today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Dane Double underscore Lewis. And of course, our show on Twitter as well at Locked on Stars. Both of those linked in the episode description, both on your favorite podcasting platform and on YouTube. But let's get right back into it, talking about Saturday's game against the Canucks and you know, you you look at the good side. Let's start with the good because we spent a lot of time uh, in negativity land in the last segment. So let's start with the good on the offensive side of things for the Stars. And we got to start with the rookie, Jacob Peterson, getting his 11th goal on the season. And it was a beauty, uh, a really nice play all around. It actually started with some great defensive pressure from Thomas Harley as the Canucks were attempting to exit their zone and get a little bit on the break of their own. But Harley pressure and I can't remember who he pressured now but made a Canucks player turn the puck over Peterson was actually in a really good position to capture the puck take it Jamie Ben also in a good position to receive the puck from Peterson they play catch a little bit and then of course it, it you know Peterson ends up in the mid to low slot and he puts a nice backhand shot past Thatcher Demko for what was the first goal of the game and gave the Stars the lead which they've been really good this season when they score first uh, have one of the better records in the league when they do so, which is pretty common across the NHL. Uh, if you score first, things will tend to trend well for you throughout the rest of the game. I know, go figure, right? Uh, but really just a nice play all around. And, you know, we've seen Jacob Peterson have really good chemistry with Alexander Radulov as of late, especially in the second half of the season. So now that lines have been shifted around a little bit with the arrival of Vlad Nemestikov, hopefully if Jamie Benn stays on that third line with Rads and Peterson, they can develop a little bit of chemistry as well. I feel like that's just a knack of something Jamie's done kind of throughout his career, wherever he's placed, he tends to build really good chemistry with whoever he's with. We've obviously seen that throughout the years with Tyler Sagan and Alexander Radulov. Now he and Rads are back together. And of course you have a kid as talented as Jacob Peterson, who, you know, not having a Jason Robertson type rookie season, but still an impressive season nonetheless. Uh, you know, 11 goals, certainly nothing to laugh at. I think there's a very real chance that he could get to 15 on the season, which I think as fans, as a coaching staff, as a team organization, everyone, you know, who's watched him play the season, I feel like that has to be pretty satisfactory. And he hasn't missed many games. And the ones he have, have kind of been at the request of the coaching staff, really saying that he just needs a break because he's young and still kind of getting his feet wet and getting his feet under him for what will hopefully be a long and prosperous career in the NHL for him. But yeah, and I think what he did really well on this play, obviously, again, being in position to steal the puck, the nice passes with Jamie, but then Razor even said it on the broadcast, and he, he kind of almost sounded like he was letting out uh, some frustration there, talking about how he elevated the puck, which is something I just don't think the Stars have done exceptionally well at this season. They don't really always do it. Uh, you know, we look at a lot of these performances from opposing goalies throughout the season, and if you look at a lot of the shots, I mean, most a lot of times they're really low, uh, the Stars don't really seem to elevate the puck when they need to. I mean, clearly they do it at times, 
I think Rope Hints does a pretty good job of it and has as of late. But I, I don't know. The Stars offense in general is just so weird this season. Uh, I I don't. There's probably a lot of more numbers and science to it of, you know, shooting shot, you know, pucks at the goal. But I, I don't know, man. It, it's just weird because even, you know, when they have the open net, which they had several times in this game, uh, it it was just a disaster. I mean, that even boils down to the power play, which for the Stars went 0 for 3. And I feel like we've now crossed into an area where at least I know for myself, I've maybe been living in denial, being like, oh, the power play has been bad, but you know it's going to come back. It's in a little bit of a dry spell. It's in a slump, but how long can we keep saying that? You know, How long can we keep passing off this excuse of what, I don't even know if we can call it the power play. There is no power in it. I, I'm at the point now where when the Stars go on the man advantage, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Uh, there's a good chance that the opposing team could get a shorthanded goal. The Edmonton Oilers did, and Vancouver had their fair share of opportunities to get a shorthanded goal on Saturday, and the Stars just could not get set up in their zone. They can't enter the zone to save their lives, and then once they're in there, it seems like they have trouble getting any sort of rhythm set up, but then even when they finally did have the shots, Essel and Dell had about five miles of real estate to work with for an empty net, and he just absolutely botched the shot. That would have tied the game. It would have been a huge swing for the Stars to you know, again, put the game at even start over at pretty much zero zero. And I think, you know, you get at least a different result, even if the stars lose probably a little bit closer and, uh, you know, puts them in a better position than having to play six on five, leaving the open net twice. And so you just have to bury those. And this isn't the first time we've seen it happen. What feels like countless times this season, the stars just missing on open nets. And I know Bruce, Bruce Pedro commented even after the game that that's how he knew he was like, yeah, in that moment, I knew our team was winning because there's some kind of, power at work that you know the, that puck was not meant to go in uh which you know you can believe whatever you want on that but it, it's just one of those things i feel like a lot of coaches have had that thought this year and you know probably been thankful that a lot of these shots haven't been buried from the stars and it, it's it's frustrating man uh, the offense it's a roller coaster that that's one way to put it and it's just i hope that's something that can be addressed in the offseason i don't really know like these are professional hockey players like hit your shots you know you know what i'm saying the open shots but then also uh, i feel like it's just not common for every game for the goalie that the stars play to just have a career night uh, and saves i feel like this was definitely to a lesser degree with thatcher dimko he had a good game but you know you just look at some of the more recent performances and uh, you would just think that the nhl is filled with top goaltending uh whenever the stars come to town or whenever the stars take on the opposing team. So we need to see a spark in the offense soon. Hopefully it can find a little bit of life on it this coming road trip. Continue to help out the goalies in Jake Gottinger and Scott Wedgwood, which Jake Gottinger did look sharp on Saturday. He did not shy away after his new teammate, Scott Wedgwood's debut on Thursday. The goalie tandem continues to look sharp. I don't think this loss can be pinned on Ottinger too much. Um, of course, defending the power play is always a difficult challenge. And then, like I mentioned earlier, that second goal from Elias Pettersson, Kind of a weird play where Pavelski's in a weird spot having to play the role of defender. Pedersen abusing that and kind of using Joe as a goalie screen, and that's just a hard shot to defend. I mean, on TV, maybe it doesn't look that way, but that's got to be a difficult shot for any NHL goalie to defend, and so hard to put any of this on Jake Ottinger in this matchup. I'm still very confident in him going forward, but also nice to know that we have Scott Wedgeball sitting on the bench in case there does need to be a moment where he needs to come in. And yeah, I, I just... It was weird to see the Stars come out the way they did offensively in this game, given how they played in Washington and against Edmonton at home, and then even against Carolina. Uh, Carolina is a dang good defensive team, but the Stars still found a way to put up three goals in regulation in that game. And Edmonton, they also stormed back and showed that they could put up bunches of offense and bang-bang succession. And 
you know, it just fell flat against a very just mediocre Vancouver team. Vancouver's still in the hunt for the playoff race, but if you look at them statistically, they're just wildly mediocre uh, and don't really excel uh, at very many things outside of, you know, just some elite scoring from some good guys like Quinn Hughes, JT Miller, Elias Pettersson, uh, Future Bright with those guys, and of course, Thatcher Demko as well. But as a team, they, they just don't really sit, you know, above many other teams in any statistical categories. So just one of those teams, maybe like the Ottawa Senators that just have the Stars number this season. They do have one more matchup in Vancouver, like I said, later on in the season. But coming up after another quick break, we will take a look at the state of the Western Conference and particularly the wild card race. All that coming up after another quick break. Closing out today's episode of Locked on Stars, your first listen of the day. The Dallas Stars were back home on Saturday, but in typical March fashion, the Stars will be heading out for their second to last big road trip of the season. This road trip will actually carry them into the early days of April, but they will play um, Tuesday and Thursday in Anaheim for their first meetings with the Ducks this season. Then they will go to San Jose on Saturday and Seattle on Sunday for the first time. Uh, ever the stars will be taking on the Kraken in their own building sure to be a unique experience for the team should be a lot of fun and it's a big big road trip because and I feel like it was bigger a few weeks ago because San Jose and Anaheim were both still in the playoff race I think at this point we can now say both those teams are not making the playoffs and they're both pretty substantially out of the race uh the wild card spot really at this point um the second wild card spot is between Vegas Dallas Vancouver and Winnipeg but still, big games nonetheless because you need to win these games, especially against teams like Vegas because the Stars have four games in hand against them. I know I think they have a few games in hand against Edmonton as well in case they drop back into wild card areas. Uh, that's going to be important to know as well. So big, big stretch coming up. Of course, the Stars have been on the road pretty much for the past entire month, seemingly. Um, and these are pretty bad teams. And so there's really no excuse why the Stars can't come away from this road trip with a winning record. The last four-game road trip, they came away with a 2-2 two and two split, which I know Rick Bonus expressed his frustration. I know the team not pleased with that as well, especially given some of the competition they were playing uh, and you know the wins coming against a bad Montreal team that they needed overtime to beat and then a Washington Capitals team, which was a close and grinded out game. A great win, uh, but frustrating that they couldn't get wins against a Toronto team that seems to be uh, just in a weird place mentally and even just on the ice and odd spot. And of course the Islanders who are, are not in the playoffs this year, but still a, a slept on team, but a team that I think Dallas is better than on paper and should have won. And uh, certainly I think played better in that game against the Islanders, but the Islanders buried their shots on net and the stars just could not, as we were talking about in the last segment, but the stars did leave yesterday for Anaheim, which I think is good because they will have time to acclimate on Monday to being, uh, you know, from the, from the, you know, the flight to Anaheim and they get some time to rest at the hotel. I'm sure there'll be some practices, some game film, some preparation for the game, but they do that all in the city they're playing in. They don't have to worry about traveling the day before. They get a whole day in Anaheim to take care of business, do what they need to do. And I think by by then, you know, the, the wear and tear of the travel, you know, wears off a little bit and you have a good opportunity to go out and compete and put yourself in a pretty good spot to win a hockey game. And I think the Ducks will likely be still kind of looking on how to, adjust you know their entire roster after a pretty busy trade deadline for them uh, after they gave up a lot of big pieces including uh Lindholm the the defenseman there and I know really uh you know seemingly that they're going to be building around Trevor Zegers for the future 
a guy that's had a pretty good rookie season, all things considered. And I'm actually got off to a really good start this season, but they, they seem to be turning downward as of now for this season. But I, I think, you know, that they, they, they'll be a good team in a few years, uh, certainly looking to compete with a talented guy like Zegers and looking to build around him with some of the draft picks and prospects that they acquired at the deadline. But it's just going to be one of those intense road trips like it's been all season because the margin for error in the Western Conference for that second wildcard spot is tiny. You have the Vegas Golden Knights currently in possession of that spot with 76 points. The Dallas Stars right behind them with 75. The Winnipeg Jets with 74 and the Vancouver Canucks with 73. And the Jets just are the team that seem like they will not die. Uh, I feel like there were several points where I was like, oh, they're finally sliding down the standings. Bye-bye, Vancouver. Uh, the Central Division, you know, obviously Arizona was not making the playoffs. Chicago fell out of the race pretty quick. And there's just kind of been all six, the other six teams in contention for a playoff spot or with firm grips on playoff spots, at least, you know, your Colorados of the world. And I thought Winnipeg was finally out, especially after Dallas won the season series over them. But they have come storming back, uh, looking to still make the postseason, even though they gave up some pieces at the deadline as well. We will see how they fare for the rest of this season behind Connor Hellebuck, Kyle Connor and company. Uh, yeah, going to be a very tight race and didn't help on Saturday that Vegas came back in their game against Chicago in one in OT. Otherwise, Dallas would still be in a little bit of a more ideal situation. But this first game against the Ducks is massive. You have to start this road trip out with a W on Tuesday. And again, I think it's it bodes well for the Stars that they are already in Anaheim at the time of recording this on Sunday night. I'm sure they've already landed and they're getting to the hotel and they're getting a good night's rest and preparing properly for this game because they know that it is going to be an important one. And I trust the veteran leadership on this team to lead by example in practices and in preparation to get everyone ready for this game. And, you know, if the stars don't play their cards right on this road trip and in the next couple weeks, they could lose ground very fast and find themselves in a pretty bad position. And we could be throwing them in the same conversation as teams like Anaheim and San Jose, where at one point they were contenders for the playoffs, but now both those teams out. And I just don't want the stars to be in that spot because I think, that they still have a good roster that could be very dangerous in the postseason, but they have to find a way to navigate this grueling back half of the regular season. And all of that will be helpful once Miro Haskinen comes back. I know many of you probably saw that he was back practicing with the Stars uh, at the end of last week and over the weekend, which is a good sign that he's at least back at practice and hopefully just you know getting back into game shape where he can be his normal self uh, because it's just going to be a completely different hockey team with number four out there on the ice. His impact is undeniable. Uh, and it's just very hard to duplicate or replace. And so I'm very excited to have him back on the ice, hopefully sooner rather than later. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube or the follow button on your favorite podcasting platform. And you can leave a rating or review if you like what you hear. Be sure to give us a five-star review if you like the show. You can also find me on Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis. That's at D A N E two underscores L E W I S. Be sure to tune in to tomorrow's show as we will be previewing the matchup between the stars and the ducks. Lots to talk about because one, these teams haven't played. It's another one of those teams that we haven't really seen since before the COVID-19 pandemic, but also this team looks different than they have all season after their moves from the trade deadline. We'll dive into all of that on tomorrow's episode. We'll see you there. Stars fans have a great Monday.